Good morning. So good to be with you, all of you here today, just spending this time in God's presence and worshiping Him. Um, hang on to those green cards, and we'll, uh, at the end of the service, when we receive the offering, we'll uh, collect those as well. So, can we pray? <clears throat> I mean, I'm going to anyway, so you might as well give me permission, right? <laughs> okay? <laughs> all right. Well, Father, we invite your presence to continue to rest on us and speak to us and minister to us. Lord, we open our hearts to the things that you want to do in our lives today. We open our ears to the things that uh, you want to speak to us, the truth that you want us to hear. So Holy Spirit, come now as we look into the word we look into your word, come. We're waiting and we're expecting. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to welcome you to week three of our series, uh, uh, The Holy Spirit, The Road to Pentecost. Um, one of the things that we're seeing in this series is just how active the Holy Spirit is. I mean, from the beginning of creation, you know, he was, he was there hovering over the surface of the waters, you know, at the beginning of the creation, and then he's been active all throughout Scripture, and then into to, to this day in our lives, in our everyday lives, he continues to be active, he continues, uh, he, he, he continues to work, because the Holy Spirit is how God gets things done. It's how he works. It's how he gets things done. Not just, you know, in, in creation and in general things, but in our hearts and in our lives. And we see this in uh, uh, one man, um, one time his name was Nicodemus. He was one of the religious leaders, and he came to talk to Jesus. You know, but the thing is, Jesus wasn't real popular with all of the religious leaders, you know. He was saying things that bothered them, saying things that made them mad, and and that so, you know, but, but Nicodemus wasn't one, you know, he, he, he had a different mindset than most religious leaders. You know, something in him was drawing him to Jesus. He was being drawn to Jesus. He was, you know, he was listening, he was hearing things. He didn't understand everything, so, uh, though, so he, he came to Jesus, and um, he, came in the, in the, uh, he came at nighttime. I don't want to read about it in John chapter 3. I'll start at the beginning of the chapter. It says, there was a man named Nicodemus a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. See, he recognized that. Not all of them did, but he did. He said, your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Some translations are born again, some are born from above, some are born of the Spirit. It's all, you know, uh, looking at the same thing. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of, the water, born of water and of the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say to you, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind 
but can't tell where it comes from or where it's going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. <clears throat> Diane Lehman from Champaign-Urbana Vineyard says this, speaking about the Holy Spirit, says that the Holy Spirit is the agent of this new birth, this new birth we just talked about. The Holy Spirit is the agent of this new birth. He's the one who draws us, changes us, and works in us the amazing reality of being made new, clean, and now the actual home of God himself. You see, like the wind, as it blows through the trees, we cannot tell when or how the Holy Spirit moves. We can't tell when he's going to just come in at, you know, at just at the drop of a hat and suddenly we, we sense his moving, his spirit is moving, and, and other times we're waiting for it. We don't, we don't know when it's going to happen, we don't know what he's going to do, but we can see the effect that it has on our lives. Just like the wind, you don't, you don't, you don't see the wind, but you can see, you can hear, it's, it's, you know, hear it blowing through the trees. Or this week in the office, as I'm sitting in my office over here, I, I sat there and it's like, what's that? And, you know, I thought somebody was, was at this door back over here, you know, trying to get in. And as I, as I uh, uh, you know, listened, I went out there and looked, and then I saw what it was. It wasn't a person. It was the wind blowing leaves up against the door. There's a big pile of leaves up against the door. I couldn't see the wind, but I could hear it blowing. I could tell it was blowing. Later on in, the, in that, that same day, Susie came into the office, and we're talking, and she says, you know, something. She goes, wait a minute. Sounds like somebody's here. And she went and looked. It, it was the wind and blowing the leaves. You can't see it, you know, the, the, the wind itself, but you can tell that it's moving. It's just like the Holy Spirit. When the Spirit of God moves, you can't, you, you can't see the Spirit of God, but you can see the effects of His work in our lives. See, you know, maybe, maybe you know, something happens when someone who was far from God suddenly, you know, changes. We say that, you know, we see God moving in their life. Or, or this week, you know, as we just talked about Nancy's, like, the, 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 reco- the, the re- uh, turnaround she had was, was amazing. I mean, one day they're saying, we're going in at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning for a ta- tracheotomy. We, we, you know, we tried pulling the respirator out. We had to put it back in. It's not good. You know, we're going to do this. And Tina begged her, you know, said, begged the, the doctors, look, just one more time. Let's try it one more time to take it out before you do the trach. And uh, this was the day before the trach was scheduled. It was scheduled for 10 a.m. that next morning. So in order to pacify Tina, that's what they did. And because none of them expected anything. They took it out. She started breathing on her own. She, her oxygen levels were up, and they stayed up. And, and all of a sudden, she visibly improved that much to where the doctors and the nurses saying, are saying they didn't, um, they, 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 they'd never seen anything like it. The anesthesiologist came to see her. Because he was hearing reports of how well she's doing now, he came to see by him, for himself because he couldn't believe it, you know. So she's doing, you know, and then they start talking to her about taking her, you know, out of the ICU, and then they moved her into a regular room. We see that, and we don't see the Holy Spirit, but you can sure see his the effect that he's having. You can see that he is moving. You can see the effects on, on people's lives, you know, and, and that's how he works. You know, maybe we're, you know, somebody has been dealing with a, a habit they've been trying to break, 
you know, and all of a sudden, you know, they've been trying and trying and trying and nothing. And all of a sudden, something happens and boom, it's, they're changed. They're not the same anymore. You know, uh, maybe, you know, they've got a problem with their anger and they're always lashing out. And all of a sudden, one day something happens, the Holy Spirit moved, and it's like they're the most calm person, peaceful person in the world. He changes our lives in visible ways. You know, sometimes we're, you know, someone suddenly just, they're, they're happier, they're more content in life, not just for a day, but just over this growing period of time, and they're, they're filled with joy. See, we may not actually see the Holy Spirit moving in our lives, but we see the effects of His working in our lives. We are a changed people when the Holy Spirit comes and moves in our lives. After we experience a spiritual rebirth and we begin to follow God's lead, we are a changed people. We begin to experience the Holy Spirit as He leads in our daily lives. And as we learn to follow that leading... There's a few things I want to talk about today that we, that we begin to do. And the first thing is, is I learn to accept His love. I learn to accept His love. Now, a lot of people fail to grasp the reality that the Holy Spirit or that God Himself really loves them. It's a, com- it's, it's a foreign concept to a lot of people. Let me just ask right now, who would say that who, who would say that they have struggled with accepting the fact that God loves them at some point in their life? Yeah, hands all over the place. Let me ask something else. Would anybody care to share why? Anyone who might just be bold and, and speak out and say, why have you ex- uh, uh, struggled to accept God's love in your life? Because you know there are things that you do, things in your life that you do that he doesn't like all the time. So you have a hard time accepting the fact that he loves you. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Yeah. What he said? <laughs> but you were pointing to Pam when you said what he's. <laughs> Anybody else? These are good. Yeah. So because you went through a divorce, you felt that that all of a sudden God's not there anymore. He's not with you. He doesn't love you anymore. Yeah, it turned out okay, yes, and we all love Rick, <laughs> but okay, so and, and, and that, yeah, and, and I wonder how many others in this room have a similar story, right?
Because we live in a sinful world, and, and when we, um, how did you put it? Um, when you make the wrong decisions and wrong choices that, that you know, you, you know, and that you know are wrong, and, and then you feel like, you know, how could God love me? I, I, I want to point something out, because I think with every single one of us, those that have spoken and those that haven't, the reason that we struggle with accepting that the Holy Spirit or that God loves me, I think is, is, is all has one root. It's based in one thing, and that it's all based on me, what I do, what I've done, what I know I'm about to do. It's all based here. I want you to look at this verse um, in, in Matthew chapter 3. Um, I want you to see something here. Jesus came to John the Baptist to be baptized. And, you know, they had a little back and forth conversation where John says, No, you need to be baptizing me. I don't need to be baptized. You need to baptize me. And Jesus said, No, this is the way it's going to be done. You're going to baptize me. And, and you know, Jesus won the argument. And, uh, and therefore, uh, John agrees and John baptizes him. And then, starting in verse 16, it says, After his baptism, Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son. I want you to hear that. This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. It's my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Can anybody tell me what Jesus has done at this point to make the father, that would cause the father to say, this is my dearly loved. Not just this is my son. Not this is my only begotten son, but this is my dearly loved son who, not just that I tolerate or who I put up with, but who brings me great joy. What has Jesus done at this point in his life that would cause the father to say that? The father to speak from heaven, interrupting the baptism. You know, as soon as he comes out of the water, boom, Jesus, or the, the Father speaks. You want to know the answer to that? Nothing. He has done nothing. He has not healed one person. He has not, he has not uh, 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 performed one miracle or one sign. He has not raised anybody from the dead. He hasn't done anything yet, and yet the Father says, This is my dearly beloved Son who brings me great joy. The reason He said that is because God's love isn't based on what we do, what we've done, or what we deserve. It has nothing to do with who, you know, with, with, with our actions, it has everything to do with who He is. That He is a God of love. He is a God of love, and he loves Jesus for who he is, just like he loves you, and he loves me for who we are. We've got to get that into us. 
We've got to believe that even when we screw up, even when we mess up, even when things in our, happen in our life that, 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 that you know, we see as, as failure, like a divorce, you know, a failed marriage or something, you know, anything at all that we see as, as, as reason that God might not, might not love us, it's like, no, He loves us not because of those. He, he loves us because of who He, who, who he is. It's based on him. It's not based on us. Those of you have, that, are, that are parents, when you have a baby, why do you love that baby? I mean, seriously, why do you love that baby? All he does is, is, is pee and poo in his diaper and cry and then sleep and drool. I mean, really, why do you love that baby? Because that's your child. They haven't done anything to deserve it. They haven't done it. They've, in fact, they've done a few things that, you know, oh man, some of those diapers are so bad. And yet you love that baby because you are that baby's parent, father, or mother. God loves us before we ever do anything for him. That's the foundation of our relationship with him. And he gives us the Holy Spirit to communicate that love to us and to convince us of its depth and its reality. Romans 5, I want to look at the second part of verse 5 there. It says, For we know how dearly God loves us because He's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with His love. That's how we know He loves us. He's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with it with his love. The Holy Spirit's not just the courier bringing God's love or telling us about it. He is the fullness of it, and he is the expression of it, and he has been given to us, to every single believer. And all it takes to receive the Holy Spirit is to put your faith in Jesus. Say, I need you. I'm not going to walk this way anymore. I'm, I'm living my life for you. Sometimes we have trouble accepting that love for ourselves, you know, and, you know, we can believe it for other people, but it's hard to believe that he loves us because we base the reception of his love on our worthiness rather than his nature, and we don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. But you know what? He loves us anyway because that's who God is. God is love, and it's his nature to love us. It's, it's time to start believing that for yourself, not just for other people. Second part of, you know, when we experience the Holy Spirit, we start leading his, uh, following his leading in our life. Next thing we do is, is we receive his filling. We receive his filling. John chapter 7, starting in verse 37. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, so he wanted everyone to hear this. He's calling out in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. I want you to look at that. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believe in him were later to receive. 
Does it say those who believed in him and did a whole lot of good things? No. Does it say those who believed in him and, and never missed a Sunday at church? No. It says those who believed in him were later to receive. So, you know, when Jesus is talking about the rivers of living water, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Every believer receives the Holy Spirit when they're born of the Spirit. But, you know, Jesus here is talking about the rivers of living water flowing from within them. He's referring to, when he's talking about, you know, rivers of living water just flowing within them, he's referring to ongoing experiences of the Holy Spirit refreshing, renewing the believer. Okay, he's talking about the experience of the Holy Spirit coming and just bringing renewal and bringing refreshing. You know, it's not a once and done deal. We need the Holy Spirit's refreshing in our lives continually because we need to be refreshed and renewed often. Have you found that true for your life? Let me give you a little picture of this. How many would agree with me that August in Indiana is hot it's humid, it's muggy, and you just want to sit inside and crank up the AC, right? You agree with that? Okay. Um, how many know that that kind of humid weather is also really good for one thing, for grass to grow, right? It's like when the humidity cranks up, the grass, you could watch it. You could sit on your back porch and watch it and just, you know, watch it go about this fast, and it grows. So that means you've got to go out there and mow the lawn, especially like if you're like me and you have two miniature dachshunds, okay, because they can get lost in the high grass. You know, I heard a story the other, I saw on Facebook actually just recently about a hawk that came in and picked, uh, tried to pick up a, a, a dachshund, you know, and, but I guess it was too heavy and it dropped it, that, since he wouldn't have anything to worry about, since he's a fat dog. But, I mean, I wouldn't have to worry about that anyway when my grass is that high because the hawk, hawk couldn't see it. Anyway, getting off track here. Um, just had this picture that popped in my mind, had to share that. Um, anyway, so when I go out and cut the lawn, see, I have this insulated water bottle. And I fill, before I go cut the lawn, I fill it with ice. And then I fill it with cool clear, refreshing water. And I, I close it up, I set it on the table, and it sits there. And you know what it does? It gets colder. And it gets colder. And I go out and mow the lawn. I'm sweating like a hog. And I'm just, you know, and I come in, and I'm ready. I don't do humidity well. You know, I don't do heat well. And, you know, I'm ready to die. I come in and I grab that, that water bottle and I just chug that thing down. There is nothing like it. Nothing like coming to, 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 uh, in from mowing the lawn and just drinking that ice cold, the whole thing, just one gulp, it's gone. Just chugging it. But you know something? Every time I mow the lawn, I have to fill that water bottle up again. Because I need, you know, one time at the beginning of the summer is not enough. One time's not enough. I, have, I, 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 need, to, I, I need to continually go back 
as you know as and and fill it again and fill it again and fill it again because I need that continual refresh. It's same, same way with the Spirit, only in a much larger scale. We become parched in our spirit. We become parched for His Holy Spirit. We need the experience of His filling us over and over and over. And it looks like different things. Sometimes when His, his filling comes, it's accompanied by things that, you know, like, like uh, uh, gifts that we see, like if you read Acts chapter 2 or Acts chapter 19 or like what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 12. And, you know, these, these empowerments and these gifts. Other times where there's just an overwhelming sense of joy and, or peace or, or, or love. You know, Charles Finney explained it this way. Uh, I think a, a 17th century evangelist or whatever in, in uh, New England area in, in the Northeast. He described it this way. He said one day, you know, he was, in his, he was a lawyer and he was in his law office. And, and, you know, he described it as the Holy Spirit came on him and filled him. It was like waves and waves of liquid love just flowing over him, waves and waves of liquid love. Other times, it may be all of a sudden we get this overwhelming uh, uh, urge to, to pray and intercede for somebody. It doesn't always look the same, but we need the continual, we need to continually go to God and ask him, fill me again, fill me again. Holy Spirit, come, fill me again. And it might be that, that we sense his filling right then. It might be we don't sense anything then. But then as we go through our week, down the road, all of a sudden, unexpectedly, the Holy Spirit just begins to fill us. Yet often we get so busy and we forget that God wants us to come to him continually for that filling. There's a couple of verses in Jeremiah that I want to look at. Jeremiah 2.13. Jeremiah 2.13 says this. For my people have done two evils. They've abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. So instead of turning to God, their source of living water for renewal... They turn elsewhere to look for their renewal. They do other things. They, they begin to rely on other things. They begin to trust other things. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, in, in essence, and they, and they turn away from God. And then in verse 13, uh, chapter 17, it says, O Lord, the hope of Israel, all who turn away from you will be disgraced. They will be buried in the dust of the earth. And then it says this again, for they have abandoned the Lord, the fountain of of living water. In both those verses, we see that Israel had abandoned God, who was their source of living water. They turned away from God, who was their source of living water. They no longer wanted or felt they no longer needed what God was willing to provide for them. And instead, they began relying on, on maybe their own methods, you know, what they could do on their own, on their own strength, or what they could figure out on their own their own intellect, you know, their own ideas or their own concepts about life. They felt they no longer needed what God was so willing to provide, and instead they turned to what the prophet called cracked cisterns. A cistern's a well. So cracked wells, cracked cisterns, that can hold no water 
at all. Those verses are worth meditating on. Because I think I want us to ask ourselves, where, you know, when we need renewal, when we need a refilling, where do we go to be renewed? Where do we go to be refreshed? A cracked cistern or to the fountain of living water? What is it that we're relying on? Where is it that we're going? We need to experience the infilling, and God wants us to experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit in our lives on a regular basis. Not just one time in church and we have this experience or whatever, but on a regular basis. Ephesians 5.18, Paul says, Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you look at the English or the original language, Greek, if you look at it, it's, it, it says, be being filled. It's the idea of be being filled with the Holy Spirit. He leads us to the living water and he invites, invites us to drink repeatedly over and over. Be being filled. Why? Because we need to be filled over and over and over it's not something that we just, you know, experience one time and, okay, that's enough to keep me going for a while. It's like continually, constantly going to the Lord. When was the last time that you went to the Lord and just asked him to fill you and then waited expectantly? Can I be as bold as to say, if you can't remember it, it's been too long. And that's not to put a trip on anybody. It's simply to say, God's waiting, and he wants to come, and he wants to fill us. He wants to fill you. He's just waiting for you to ask, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty for more of him? Are you thirsty for his spirit? Then come and drink, as Jesus said. Posture yourself to receive his filling. In other words, you know, how, how, how do we do that? How do I posture myself to receive his filling? Well, ask God to fill you. And then slow down and take the time to be alone with him and wait expectantly. That can be here. That can be at home. That can be anywhere. When you come together with God's people and, and, and worship at church, come expecting and engage with the songs. Don't just sit there and sing words. Open up and engage your heart. You know, when David was talking, I came up here a moment ago and was talking about the songs. You could tell he had engaged in worship with the songs has nothing to do with with um, how many people are up here leading has nothing to do with what style their worship leading is has nothing to do with uh, 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 whether it's a, the, the hottest song out worship song out right now or one that's 20 years old has nothing to do with that it has everything to do with this 
the heart? Are we opening our heart and are we engaging God in worship? Not just singing the words, but, but worshiping with, with you know, opening our hearts and worshiping with, pa- with passion, expecting God to fill. You see, in, when, worship, when real worship takes place, there's a, there's a back and forth that takes place. There's this exchange. As we offer our hearts to God, then, then he fills our hearts with his Holy Spirit. And then we offer him more. And he fills us more, and there's this back and forth as we engage in our, our, ourselves in worship. And, you know, it, that's a whole lot different than just, oh, yeah, I know these words, and, and singing the songs. It's worship. Third thing, I experience the Holy Spirit. I follow his leading. I then begin to move in his empowering. Jesus said in Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you'll be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in, in, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, that's the thing. The experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit isn't to make us feel good. It's not for the sake of, you know, so we can say we had some spiritual experience. It's to give us power. Power to live for God, power to do His work. It's to give us boldness as we're talking to people. Look at this verse again. Let's look at it. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Power for what? Well, let's look on. And you will be my witnesses. Power to be His witness. Witnesses of what? Finish the verse. Telling people about me everywhere. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the end of the earth your neighborhood, Bloomington, Indiana, throughout the world. See, that's what the power is for. It's to live for Christ. It's to share Christ. It's the power to do His work. You need it and I need it. Think of your home. Think of all the appliances that you have. You've got a refrigerator and freezer to keep your food cold. Got a stove and an oven to cook your food, right? Probably most of you have a microwave to warm up your food. Some of you have a washer and dryer to wash your clothes, or you have access to one at a laundromat to wash your clothes and get them clean and dry. But they all take power. Every one of those things takes power. With no power, you can't do any of those tasks. With no power, you're not going to be able to keep your food cold when you need to keep it cold. With no power, you're not going to be able to cook your food. No power, you're not going to be able to warm it up. With no power, you're not going to be able to wash and, 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 and dry your clothes. You need power for all those things. Jesus left us here with tasks to do. Jesus left us here with a mission to accomplish, and we need power to accomplish that mission. We need the filling of the Holy Spirit. This church has a mission. We're here to love God, to serve people, and to change lives. And if we're going to accomplish that mission, then you and I need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit, right? We can't do that on our own. We've looked at this verse before, but I want to look at it again, what the Holy Spirit uh, uh, empowered Jesus to do. 
Jesus said in Luke 4, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. So he's anointed me. He says he's, he's filled me. He's, he's, he's empowered me. Okay, That's what it means. He's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Guess what? If we're here to do the works of Jesus, then what are we here to do? We're here to do those same things that Jesus did. And it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. Just as Jesus began his ministry, this was the beginning of his ministry, just as he began his ministry anointed by the Holy Spirit, we too have the same commission to carry the good news with us everywhere. We need his anointing. We need his filling. And as the Spirit works in us we be, and fills us, we become amba- ambassadors of God's loving, giving, transforming presence. I can't do that on my own. You can't do that on your own. See, the filling of the Holy Spirit, it's not just about so we can have a spiritual experience. Woohoo. Those things come and those things go, believe me. But the mission stays the same. And we need power for it. I'd like to have the worship team come up. Before we transition toward worshiping through our giving, let's all stand and just take a couple of minutes while the worship team's getting ready. And let's just ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit to fill us. He may, today, right now, he may later, fill us later today, maybe later this week. I don't know when, but I believe when we ask, he honors and he answers. Let me read a, 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 one of my favorite scriptures. I was at a conference one time, it's February 1987, and I was calling out to God, and there were three things that I said, God, I really want you, need you to do this, this, and this. And this, I'm not going to read the whole psalm, but Psalm 42 came to mind. In fact, I the Bible I was using, I dated it. I can go back and show you the act, actually date, not just February of 87, but I can show you the date that I just called out to God and he answered me. Those of you, many of you familiar with Psalm 42, starts out like this. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God the living God. If you thirst for God, as we pray, just tell him right now. And close your eyes. Just hold out your hands if you want, however you're comfortable. I want to pray. Lord, we're hungry and we're thirsty. We, do, we live in a dry land. 
are so thirsty for your Holy Spirit. Come and fill us. Let those rivers of living water begin to bubble and begin to rise up and flow out from us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Refresh our spirits. Renew us, Lord. Convince us of your love for us. Those that are struggling with it, Lord, convince them. Let them know how much you love them because it's, a, it's based in who you are and not what they've done or haven't done. Lord, we need your refreshing. Life is hard sometimes. It's dry sometimes. Renew and refresh us with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Just breathe over us right now. Empower us, Lord. Give us a boldness. Give us a confidence that when you want to use us, you show us and, Lord, we step out with a boldness and a confidence and say what you want us to say or do what you want us to do. Empower us to live our lives the way that you've called us to live our lives, to live for you in the middle of a culture, in the middle of a world that wants nothing to do with you. Lord, we don't want to be obnoxious. We don't want to be any of that, but we do want to be a light. So Holy Spirit, come. Let the waters begin to flow and let it continue. We don't want to go to cracked cisterns. We want the living water of your Holy Spirit. We ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to go ahead and close out by giving by worshiping God through the giving of our tithes and offering. As we said a moment ago, this church has a mission to love God, serve people, and change lives. And if that resonates with you, if that resonates with your spirit, that's something that you want to be a part of. There are a number of ways to do that. One of those is through giving of our tithes and offerings to the Lord. And um, that's what enables us to do what God has put us here to do. So if the ushers would go ahead and get ready and uh, uh, be ready to, to uh, they're going to pass some bags your way. You just put your tithe and offering in that. Uh, or if you give electronic, electronically, you can pull out your phone and, and um, um, mobile device and, and uh, give that way. Um, different ways to do that. Also, the green card that you filled out with your story on it. Put that in the bag when it comes by. We would love to um, uh, journey with you. So if you'd share your story by just putting it in the bag, 
we take those and uh, 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 share them with our prayer team who is committed to praying through the things that, that you uh, ask for prayer for, celebrate with you and the things that you're celebrating with. If you are new here today, this is your first time, first off, we'd love to just say thank you for worshiping with us today. Of all the places you could be on Sunday morning, you chose to be here and we're really thankful. If you would want to take your card as soon as we dismiss and take it out to the table out here, <coughs> the welcome center in the hallway, Give it to the person behind the table. We've got a little gift that we would like to give you just as a way of saying, hey, thanks for coming and being with us today. So, Father, we ask now that as we prepare our hearts to give our tithes and offerings and to share our stories, we ask that your blessing would, would uh, be on that, Lord, and uh, Lord, just fill our hearts with joy. Fill our hearts with joy now, Lord. Fill our hearts with your love. Pour your spirit into our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.